This is the Accounting Insider Show. So this is another thing that a lot of investors are unaware of. There's got to be an easier way. It's achievable for anyone. It doesn't cost anything to set up a business. Because there are many great ideas out there, but it's the people that make ideas happen. Because once you unlock this formula, there's no reason to stop. You just get better and better at it. You just make so much money out of it. Well, here we are. Time to record another podcast. Uh, This afternoon, I'm sitting out in my shed. I'm working from home. It's quite unique, actually. Um, I've been working from home since last Wednesday because of the coronavirus. And I've actually been enjoying it, I must admit. It's totally different, but um, yeah, it's it's actually been a lot better than I thought it would. And I think I'm actually more productive in working from home. And I can't believe that. And I'm saving a two-hour commute every day. Um, So we're stuck at our house at Ashton in South Australia. Um, We've pulled the kids out of school. No one else has. Um, Everyone in my office is working remotely. Um, We're taking it very seriously. One of my children has an immunity deficiency, so he can't afford to catch the coronavirus. So we've just done everything we possibly can to put ourselves in lockdown and operate everything from home. We haven't got people coming to the house. We aren't leaving the house, even in the case of emergencies. We're really staying here. Well, not that we had any emergencies, but um, we plan on not leaving for the next four to six weeks. So that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But the background to that is our house is on 20 acres, an old stone home with a pool out over a cliff. It's a really idyllic location. There's a real peacefulness about it. Um, it we've we've moved back into our main house. Which it's this this house is actually operating as an Airbnb as we renovate another house. But we've we've moved back temporarily just because we haven't got a lot of bookings because of the coronavirus. And this house. Um, is serving as a good base while we're doing some renovations on the other place. Uh, the other house down the road, 15 minutes away, doesn't have a toilet and a bathroom at the moment. That's all being retiled and redone. So um, it's it's good timing from that point of view. But nevertheless, uh, so I'm operating in a, a stone shed that I built about five years ago. It's about 21 metres by 7 metres. Um I've got some chickens down the end of the, the shed, so you might be able to hear them screeching and picking each other halfway through the the podcast. But apart from that, I'm sorry, this other shed has been referred to as people in the Airbnb. Uh, one, one day I was listening to them. They're on the um, closed circuit TV, the um, security system, and you could see them. It, it's sent off, it, it goes off every time they walk in and out of the house. So um, they were out in the front of the house. It was a young group of girls, about six or eight of them, and they walked over to this shed, which is normally locked up, but I think my gardener left the the, the multiplication, the, the, the multi-coat on the um, padlock on the door um, undone. So they just more or less walked straight in, and I could hear them yelling out as they walked over to the shed that, oh, it's a man cave. I wonder if there's a Ferrari in there. But obviously there wasn't. It was just full of all my farming junk, outboard motors and boats and horse floats and um, trailers and just lots and lots of surfboards and just looking around here, ladders and chairs and chainsaws. It's just full of all my farming stuff, really. 
Um, so it wasn't it wasn't the man cave that they were expecting when they actually got inside. But anyway, it's it's a great shed. Hopefully the noise is not too echoey. Um, hopefully we don't have many interruptions from birds outside or the kids running in wanting to ride their skateboards in here. But let's get into it. So today's episode is really talking about the coronavirus and w- what I'm experiencing in my little world. Um, it's not too technical today. It won't be talking a lot about accounting stuff. It's more um, just an overview of how I'm viewing the situation, what I'm doing, what I think the good and the bad that I'm experiencing is, um, and just a bit of a, uh, well, I'm documenting my thoughts for myself personally, but I think that you probably um, can relate to what I'm about to say because this is the first pandemic or first worldwide event in my lifetime that's affected basically everyone on the planet. So really for me, the, the, the main thing that I'm noticing is every time I go to the supermarket, it's so I think this episode is going to be called the supermarket Armageddon. So the, the human body, I think, can survive without food for 40 days. There's often people talk about 40-day fasts, yet um, I can't really go half a day without food. I probably could if I put my mind to it and and concentrated and, and focused on fasting and relaxing and slowing down my whole metabolism. But while I'm in this um, state of mind at the moment with the whole coronavirus pandemic, I'm sort of a little bit agitated and I found more and more as I'm reflecting on my diet that I'm doing a lot of comfort eating. I, I haven't put on any weight but um, being an accountant is a rather stressful job. There's a lot of stress involved with dealing with people's money and dealing with people's money is basically dealing with people's livelihoods um, and that can be rather stressful at times. Every day in fact, um, I, I, there's no mistaking, most of my day is spent uh answering emails, face-to-face meetings, which now I've stopped because I'm working from home, so it's all Zoom meetings, um, or on the telephone. So I'm interacting with people all day, every day, and I've checked my phone log, and most days there's 50 to 60 phone calls. So that's that's a lot of people to talk to, and then there's probably, I'd get, uh, I could be slightly exaggerating, but 100 to 150 emails a day. I don't know whether that's high or low, but that's, that's well, for, compared to everyone else, but that, that's my normal day. Most of them I'm flicking off to my receptionist because they're, um, they're just emails about facts like what was my taxable income, how much do I earn, what's my ABN, what's my tax file number, when's my tax payment due, can you, can you do this for me, can you do that. So all of those I just flick out. But the ones that I can't flick out, or forward on to my receptionist or a staff member, I answer myself. And often that requires a lot of thought and detail. Um, it might be sort of, I don't know whether it's high-level business advice, but it's it's answering strategic questions about the operation of people's businesses that I act for. So, um, yeah, so I, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that in 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 doing all of that, I find that I'm giving myself little treats and coffees and cups of tea all during the day as in and out of um, answering a question, giving myself a little pat on the back and then going back in and doing more work, coming out for a little break. But my diet is, um, you know, it doesn't leave a lot of time for food preparation. Um, it's just grabbing high 
protein, I guess, snacks all through the day. And when I look back at the end of the day, there's a lot of sugar. I'm trying to cut down on my sugar. I'm trying to cut down on meat and move towards a plant-based diet. Hasn't really been too successful, although I think I've probably cut my meat consumption by 20%. Now, if you say that to vegetarians, they sort of laugh at me. <laughs> but I'm doing my best. If I go out to a restaurant now, rather than ordering a big steak like I've always done all my life, I'll try to order, I'll try to order fish or chicken. I know that's that's still not plant, but at least it's not that massive steak. And my body is adjusting too. Like I don't find a massive steak, even though I still love meat, as as appetizing and as um, exciting as it used to be. It's becoming less. It's it's sort of I'm changing the way that I view that piece of steak on the plate. And if I do have steak and I still do love it. I'll have a much smaller portion, maybe a scotch filling instead of a massive rump steak. <laughs> I know people will be laughing at that, but for me, that's that's an improvement. So I think that the 40-day fast thing, really, we can't avoid that, that our body can cope with that. But in, in light of the situation at the moment, I think that the maximum we could do with our food would maybe be five days. Well, that's what I'm probably talking about myself here, but... Um, so, well, that means we're at the supermarkets a lot. We're consuming a lot of food. I've got three young boys who are all in their teens, um, and they go through a heap of food. So, our grocery bill is large. At school, every day they order their lunch. They get recessed from the tuck shop. So, that takes out a lot of it, and, I, and I'm eating out every day So when I'm at work. So, bring all that back to home when you're in lockdown mode, and you go through a tremendous amount of food. Um just, it's interesting to see in this whole madness that's taking place around us um, that Warren Buffett's quote stands true. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Well, th- this is the perfect time when people are fearful. Now would be the ideal per- the ideal time in his mind, according to his model, to rush out and buy stuff buy stocks I presume that's what he's referring to in that comment but um, from my point of view I don't actually know whether we've hit the bottom of the share market situation at the moment I know it's down a lot on what it normally is but it may have room to fall further I mean uh, like no one really knows what's going to happen it's 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 an interesting phenomenon um, there's no end of this in sight. I think all that we're hoping for is not that we can avoid everyone catching it or 60 or 70% of the population like a normal flu, but we're trying to slow down or flatten the curve so that the amount of um, instances of the virus that are being admitted to hospital are at a level where they can cope. That's all we're trying to do here. But we've, we've got this virus on one hand, which now if you you're old, really old or really young is going to affect you. But if you're in the middle, it's really not going to impact you that much. You might It might be twice the severity of the normal flu, but really it's not that bad. If we know if someone rings up and they've got it, chances aren't they aren't going to die. Um, that's not true for the oldies and people with asthma and, and the, the little guys, little kids. But for the, for the whole of the population, they should cruise through it okay. However... Because of the massive um, impact that this is having on the way we do things, like 
everyone's working from home, so no one's going out. The restaurants are in lockdown. Pubs are in lockdown. Gyms are in lockdown. No one's flying. The travel industry has come to a grinding halt. The economic fallout of this is 10 times worse than the actual health fallout, in my opinion. I mean, you don't want to see anyone die, but I think if they actually, you know, if the media broadcast the results of people who are dying from coronavirus versus people who are dying from the normal flu, well, there'd probably be um, some sort of parallels there, but there's no mention of that. This is sort of like the bubonic plague at the moment. That's the way it's all been treated. Um, so, for me, the fallout is dealing with, the, apart from the fact that this, it's a whole different phenomenon going to the to the supermarket nowadays. Nowadays, um, it's dealing with the economic fallout of this, which is very very significant. Um, but it's not all bad news, like. Uh, the government has released a massive amount of spending to try to stimulate the economy, keep people in jobs, um, keep everything ticking along so that there's not a, a recession or a depression. Now, the, the thing that's got me absolutely gobsmacked is that going back two weeks ago, everything in the economy was just perfect. And now this virus, which is this sickness that's sweeping over the, the world, sweeping over our nation, has had the ability for people to just more or less say that they're not going to have a business within a month's time and that they're laying off all their staff. Like I can't believe the, the, the how people have, especially people in business and organisations that have staff, how little their buffer is to weather a storm. Like um, my cousin rang me today and told me that he's, he's an air conditioning installer and that uh, his boss had called them all together today and he had tears in his eyes and he said that everyone's hours have to go back from 38 hours a week to 30 hours a week. He said that he's got enough money to run for one more month and then that's it. So I just I just can't believe those comments like, I, you know, whatever happened to businesses that ran themselves, whatever happened to having cash reserves that saw you through thick and thin in the business, um, the only solution we've got at the moment, which is quite amazing is that um, the lifeline that banks and the government are throwing to businesses is they're going to give them $250,000 unsecured as a loan uh, with um, no repayments for I think a term of four years. So, but that really that's not going to help the problem at all. I mean, it's just going to throw some more cash at these businesses that may not have survived without that sort of crutch. So I don't think that, that that's really going to, I mean, it might help keep a few more people in job in, in a job and keep the lights on and business operating for a few more months, but it's not going to prolong the inevitable. Um, I think the businesses that were good before this are going to continue to be good, um, but the ones that were doomed before are going to fall over and they always were going to fall over. This is just going to um, bring to a head the inevitable. So I'm, I'm flicking here to... Um, straight into some of the good things that I see as opportunities because whenever there's a bad situation, there's also an equally good opportunity happening at the same time. So I think that unfortunately discretionary spend items are going to come down in price. So if you've got cash up your sleeve or even if you wanted to go out and take advantage of that $250,000 loan that you can get, um, 
there's going to be a lot of cheap things placed on the market. Like a people, if if businesses can't survive a month or two without the cash flow that they were normally depending on from people coming in the doors or or their tradesmen going out and working on sites or being able to perform their work in a doctor's surgery or whatever it is, there's also people behind the scenes who are those employees who have got massive repayments on cars, um, beach houses, boats, planes. So I think all of those discretionary spend items are going to be flooded onto the market at discounted prices. I don't know what the massive, what the amount of the discount will be, but I think it'll be well worthwhile waiting. So I had a doctor ring me um, two days ago saying he wanted to go out and buy a Ram Ute utility, which is 120000 I said, look, before you do that, I think that if you're patient, there'll be a lot of opportunities on the second-hand market where people are overcommitted to finance contracts or um, and you know they may have lost their job and they can't afford to service it, so service the loan. So that those sorts of cars may come on the market. So you might see the price coming back a bit on those sorts of things. Um, beach houses where people hardly ever use them and they've bought them more as a speculative thought rather than being a necessity like a house where you have to live and you've got to keep making the mortgage repayments, albeit they can be deferred now for six months. But you have to have somewhere to live. Beach house, you don't. And if, if you're struggling financially, well, you've got to offload those sorts of things just to keep keep going. Classic cars, another one, which is the classic car market has been going crazy just through the roof especially Porsche 911s old Holdens Ferraris Lamborghinis anything that's oldish has just almost doubled or tripled in price in the last five to ten years so I think those will come off the boil as well people will be putting them back on the market because either they've gone out and they've borrowed money or they need that money um, to, to, to keep operating to put food on the table so if you've got cash available um you might like to consider now might be the time, or even paintings, uh, big ticket items that people are um, going to be offloading just to get some cash back in. Um, the, so for me, this has also been a really good time, like working from home. I, I can't believe that I've actually sat down and worked out how to use TeamViewer. So I've got two screens at my office. And I've got a computer which was just surplus to our requirements, an older one that I've taken home and I've got two screens on that as well. Now, I had a a remote desktop access to my computer at the office. Um, Since then, I've learned that I can use TeamViewer. Now, with TeamViewer, uh, I can have – this is amazing. You can open TeamViewer twice and have one TeamViewer on one screen and one TeamViewer on the other screen and mirror those two screens which are operating on my computer which is down in the city. So for all intents and purposes, with TeamViewer, it is amazing. It's like I'm sitting at my desk operating my computer. The only downside to it is I can't use a scanner, which would be sitting on my desk at my office. So I've brought that home and I can't use a printer. So I have to actually – it's a bit tricky with those two items. So, um, But I can play my music through my computer here, through my speakers on my desk at home. But with my scanner, I need to scan it here and then – email it to myself and then open the email through TeamViewer on my computer at the office. And same with printing. If I'm using TeamViewer and operating my computer down in the city, I need to grab those files, email them to myself, open them on my home computer, not through TeamViewer, and then print them then. But this TeamViewer is absolutely brilliant. If you haven't got it, download it. 
it's a game changer. The delay is there's a slight lag, maybe a fraction of a second, but really you get used to it and it is just so efficient now. So for me, I'm now uh, I'm spending two hours less commuting to work and from work every day. I've got two extra hours for me. Uh, it, it's it's brilliant. So I'm not dropping the kids off to school and like my office is actually 16 minutes from my house and there's no stoplights. It was all orchestrated like that. But when I actually have to drop the kids off at school, the kids at school is the other side of town. So I've got to, I've got to make my way through all the peak hour traffic to school and then I've got to wind my way back across the city to my office and that takes an hour round trip. Um, but with those extra two hours and without all the interruptions from people coming to my office all day and people dropping into the office just to say hi and have a coffee and a chat, I'm so much more efficient. It's, it is unbelievable. I, I feel like I can go through my emails, um, return all my phone calls, and, I've st- and I can even have an afternoon nap if I would need to. Which, how healthy is that? It's fantastic. And I can still get through all my work through the day um we're having zoom team meetings so i'm i'm thinking that it's really important to keep in touch with my team members so we're using zoom meetings for that and that's brilliant both these products i'm talking about team viewer and zoom meetings um if you haven't got them go and grab them they are just so, so beneficial um yeah and so we're all keeping in contact now it's important i feel from a company morale point of view that we all regularly keep in touch on zoom because you are working in isolation and people do like the interaction i mean i'm on the phone all day so i i'm sort of not craving for talking to people all day but people who are working for me who don't have a lot of client interaction and they're working from home i think need that and especially through these difficult times um last night on our zoom call i just asked everyone how they were going individually as part of the the team chat on zoom and whether there was anyone in their family who was affected and that was really good because people opened up on that and they said that they were worried about their parents or their um, husband had just been told that they could no longer operate their business at the gym Um, family members had lost their jobs through um, through um, closures of um, fitness training classes others had parents who had pubs that they were worried about and that two staff like that so yeah it was yeah it's, it's a difficult time and everyone needs to talk about these things and, and not bottle it up and um it's it's good to i think it's a way of releasing some of that anxiety and that tension if you talk about a problem shared is a problem halved in my opinion um so zoom's been really good and so we're still even though we're all working from home and i was the first one to adopt it at our office so i I started um, what was supposed to be three days before everyone else, but they were quick to follow suit and they all wanted to jump on the bandwagon as well and work from home. So within two days, they were all home. And I don't think that we've lost any productivity. We, I'm const- I texted all my staff and I said, look, what would you say, what would be the efficiency that you're operating at at home? And one of them said 100%, one said 60. So I got on the phone straight away to the one that said 60 and said, look, what do we need to do? to make you get up to 100 and they said oh we need to change this i think they needed the scanner home and they they um they had trouble with their seating 
Um, they couldn't get into the tax office portal, so we we told them some different software to use. So anyway, everyone's basically getting up to that level, but it's a whole new way of working, and it takes time. It can't just happen by snapping your fingers. Uh, there's a there's a process to it, and we need to work through that. But on the whole, amazing. But but the other benefits of this is, you know, I've I've I sat down and I talked. What was it? A telephone call to my parents, but I told them that they needed to self quarantine because they were uh, highly at risk. They're in my dad's in his 80s and my mum, I think she's 80. So, um, yeah, they 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 don't they can't take this seriously enough. If they if they catch coronavirus well then it's it's not going to be a good outcome for them potentially they may be fine and get through it but we need to prepare for the worst so i rang them and i told them that they need to take it more seriously than they are um, which was a bit of a shock to them and then i also said that i spoke to one of my friends who's working at the royal adelaide hospital and they said well the word is that anyone and i don't know whether this is true or not but this is what i heard anyone who's admitted who's got the virus and they're over 65 will be turned away and sent home now i don't know whether that's complete truth but if we presume it is well then there is just no room for anyone over that age to be exposing themselves to any risks they the, um, prevention is so much easier than cure in this situation so that that was a really good conversation as a result of this to have that with my parents and my mum and dad said that they were happy with the way that their life had gone um it was all rather morbid uh and that if the worst should happen they could look back on their life and think that it was um a great life and that they achieved everything that they'd set out to but it was just a really nice conversation to have like i know it's a bit weird and it's very morbid but it, it was very real and it was it was really good in so many ways just to know that where they were at with everything and even if they pass away tonight from other reasons I'll just know in my heart that where they were at um, and I'm I'm also talking to friends who are saying I haven't got a will done Kim what do I do where do I start I'm the last one I did was 20 years ago and with I was with another wife then compared to the one that I'm with now so just Talking to people about all of that and just getting their affairs in order, that's that's a really good thing to come out of this. People always put that stuff off and I, I see the often the 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 worst of those situations where someone the state is run by the trustees department. It's not run by their executors because they haven't got a right the, the right will in place. It's even good for me to look at my will. Um, last time I did my will was three years ago and people have things have changed. I want to change the executors on my will. Um, I think that that's an ever-evolving sort of person. Uh, as your life changes and your business grows and your uh, asset pool gets bigger, well, then the people that were going to run it when it was small may not be the people that are going to run it when it's bigger. So, um, yeah, I had a really good chat to my wife about that this morning and she agreed with me. And so I'm going to make some changes to our wills as well as um, getting people to get their wills done. I mean, who would have thought that we'd be talking about this? If you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have never in my wildest dreams thought I was updating my will, preparing for the end. And even I've even thought that if I get it and I pass away, I'm happy with where I'm at. Like, I, I mean, it's a really good position to be in where you feel as though, um, 
yeah, I've achieved everything that I want to do. I mean, I'm much younger. I've got so much more that I want to do. But if the worst should happen, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of ready. Uh, the other thing that's been fantastic is uh, being able to sit down and read, um, catch up on all those movies that I've wanted to watch. I'm watching a different movie every night. On di- every night, I'm watching a different movie on Google Play. So I can't believe how far I was behind. I was just so busy. And my boys play cricket. So we have six trainings of cricket and games, two games on the weekends. So that's eight different sessions a week of sport. Now, it's great because it keeps them busy, but when you take that out of your life, it's amazing. And, and a two-hour commute every day, amazing how much more time you've got. I can't believe it. So um, tonight I've got a new movie looked, uh, lined up, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm paying for the movies even though I've got Foxtel and um, Stan and, uh, and well, a lot of these platforms too. You can sign up for Stan and get it free for 30 days. But we've got that. We've got Netflix, uh, Disney, Amazon Prime, all of the platforms. But still hard to find a movie that you want to watch. Um, some of these have got serials which are really good. Uh, I've got to probably catch up when I get through all the movies that I want to watch. But I'll get back into watching Suits and The Crown and I think it's Norseman. So there's heaps of heaps and heaps of great stuff to catch up on. And and also it's good just to – I like flicking through – Facebook and Instagram every night just because I'm finding that I'm getting more news from there than I am from anywhere else. Um, I've now got digital, the newspapers digitally, fin, fin Review, and also the advertiser, which is great. So every morning I sit on my computer in my office and flick through the paper, which I've never done before. But because of this situation, I've actually got to the point where I'm um, utilizing as much technology as I can. And, and the other thing is uh, Zero, which is an accounting software, came out and they uh, they must have made an announcement about all of the all of the um, free things that people are doing for businesses because of this uh, difficult time. So there were a whole like they sent out an email a couple of days ago, but they listed all of the software packages that people use that are associated with them that are offering free three-month usage or six-month usage. But there's, a, there's about five programs there that, that, that maybe there was ten. Five of them I've implemented, and they're amazing. Things like um, Zoom, um, Slack, uh, TeamViewer. But then there were so, and there were another two, but I can't remember. But um, they had five others listed, so I'm, I'm going to look at those. And I'm thinking, well, if the five that I've got are great, what about the other five? Um, so learning all of these things while I've got the time has just been so much fun and so exciting and, and also just lifting the productivity of the work that I'm doing. Um, now, the other, the other thing too is just slowing down. Like, So I was talking to Sophie this morning and she's now stewing apples and uh, we've got our bread-making machine set up. Um, so... We're going back to the old way. Like she just said that it was so much easier to go and buy some stewed apples from the, the shop. Well, you can't do that now. So she's taking the time out to pick the apples off the tree, peel them, boil them, add spices and turn them into whatever dish, apple dish that she's making. But, you know, that's just, that's the way I grew up. That's what my mum used to do and my grandma. But because we're in such a fast-paced world and, Sophie's so busy, I'm so busy. We just don't take the time to do all of that stuff. We're going back to the – it's almost like going back to the old Italian way where they used to 
grow their own grapes and have the veggie garden out in the backyard, live off basically their two or three um, acre block in the outlying suburbs of Adelaide. We've sort of returned to that model now. And, you know, this has also made me realise the importance of farmers and how we have to look after them. We always, uh, you know, unfortunately farmers have got a bit of name that they're always whinging about something, but we need to embrace them and embrace um, look after them, like sort of like the English do. They realised, I think, during the war how important it was to have the farming, of a, a robust farming community that could feed the population. I think back then that all of the ovals, which were cricket pitches and things like that, they used to dig up and plant veggies in. Now, we're sort of almost going back to that now because we can't be so dependent on, on importing food from overseas. Well, our borders are all blocked now, so we have to survive on what we can grow ourselves. So um, at home here, we've got, uh, we went out and bought four chickens. I've got a Jersey dairy cow so we don't run out of milk. Um, we're growing our own veggies. Now, the chickens aren't laying eggs yet. They're about 12 weeks weeks off. The Jersey cow's got a calf on her so I can't get milk. and I don't think she's ever been milked in her life, but if I have to, I can. Um, the veggies, well, it's the wrong season to grow lettuces. I think the ones that we bought from them nurseries are all grown in glass houses they're probably not going to die here but you can just see that thought process that we're going through I mean it's quite funny but if this pandemic lasts for six months well then there might be no more milk and maybe my jersey will be a highly valued commodity and by then the chooks will be laying eggs we'll see how we go but it's the whole thought process of being self-sufficient is actually becoming very real now Petrol prices have dropped. I bought, I filled my whole car tank up for 99 cents. Now, I'm used to paying $1.60 and $1.70 a litre. I don't know why for the life of me it's dropped down to 99 cents, but that's a good thing that's happened. The banks are giving interest-free period, not interest-free, sorry, repayment-free periods for up to six months for people who apply. So I can potentially push all my loan payments back for six months, pay nothing off the loans. The interest accumulates and accrues, which is fine um, from my point of view, from the way that I look at my portfolio. But uh, my cash flow is protected. I'm getting all these government incentives thrown at me because I employ a lot of staff. The government is going to pay my business, this is no secret, $100,000 towards my staff wages over the next twelve, uh, the next nine months, actually. It could be actually be less, could be actually be the next eight months but what a what a fantastic gift i've never received anything from the government it's always been paying them to get something back is just absolute gold and i'm just sitting here thinking okay maybe my work will dry up a bit but surely that hundred thousand dollar injection into my business is just going to be so well appreciated and and is is going to shore up the people that i've got working for me i don't think i'm actually going to go to the next level and go out and employ more people just at the moment because of the current climate but i'll definitely hang on to everyone i've got um, our business in our uh, in our line of work. I think that as part of this pandemic, the the doctors are going to really do well, and the accountants are going to do well. Ironically, so uh, I think that our business is going to go well. But I'm really feeling for the clients. I mean, I'm going to do another episode on all of the the business point of view and what I'm seeing. Um, but I'm just touching on some of the benefits loosely today. But I'll, I'll go down. I'll do deep dive more into some of the the, the um, stories and what I'm hearing with my clients in another episode.
Yeah, well, so I think that that's probably everything that I wanted to touch on today. Um, so I think that I'm trying to be upbeat and positive and I think everyone needs to be in this situation. People are looking to other people for leadership and companionship and not necessarily answers but just someone that can just uh, tell them that everything's going to be okay, um, that we are going to come out of it. It's not going to last forever. There is some light at the end of the tunnel um, and that if they keep doing what they're doing and just put their head down and get on with life and don't have a anxiety attack in the middle of all of this may, uh, pandemonium, that they're going to come out okay on the other side. And that from my point of view, my game plan has not changed one bit. Um, the only thing I might do is go out and buy something that's a bargain. Now, that will be a huge stretch, but if it's worth it, I'm definitely going to consider it. That will be the property thing, the business thing, the family thing. Nothing changes. It just either goes on hold, gets it was not even going to get scaled back. It's just, um, it's almost like it's delayed in what I was aiming to do and when I'm going to achieve what that outcome was going to be. So I, I can't see, I, I know the share market has crashed. Um, it's probably an overstatement, but has dropped significantly. I don't see, maybe property will come off a bit, but really um, I think that it's going to be, uh, it'll bounce back at some point. You know, the, the the whole GFC was much, much worse than this in my opinion because we didn't know what was going to happen. The banks, the whole financial industry was about to go down to meltdown. It, there was no end in sight. Everyone was being shown that they were they had their pants down. Um Lehman Brothers collapsed and every bank around the world was on the verge of collapsing. If the government didn't step in, it would have all just gone, fallen over. This is not like that. This is just a virus. We get viruses all the time. Um, you know, people will die. That's not good. Obviously, we don't want to lose anyone. However, um, chances are we're all going to be okay as a result of it. If they brought out a vaccine tomorrow it would just be a miracle and everyone could just go back to life as it was two or three weeks ago. But from what I gather, there's no end in sight. What I'd love to see is the government, instead of maybe throwing more and more money at businesses, even though I'm happy to take it, I want them to throw more and more money at vaccine development. I want every virologist in Australia to be sent to some amazing location, some island where they just go into lockdown and brainstorm and lock themselves away for six, eight, ten weeks and just come up with the most amazing solutions to this issue. I'm sure that they would solve that. If all of their food was taken care of, if all their finances were taken care of, if if their families were well looked after and they could just focus on that and just work 10, 14, 16 hours a day and bounce off all of their friends and just come up with some amazing strategies. Now, I don't know whether that would work. Maybe they need to be in labs and maybe, I don't know what they're going to do, but they could, even if they just could get massive hotels and turn them into labs or, I don't know. But you can see where I'm going with that. Like, I just think that everyone's missed the mark on that. I don't think that there's anyone who's, maybe there is, but it seems like all I've heard in terms of vaccines is bringing out the SARS vaccine. Well, maybe that's similar, but even if it is, why can't we get a vaccine sooner? Why can't they make it free? Why can't we just roll it out as quickly as we can, maybe scale back on the tests 
and everyone signs a waiver that they're happy with the consequences so long as they don't catch it. I mean, maybe it only needs to be given to the people over 65. Who knows? But I think that that is the only thing that is going to save us at the moment. We need a miracle. We need that to happen straight away. And there doesn't seem to be enough happening in that space. But maybe if you're listening to this podcast and you've got political connections, maybe you can raise it to some politicians, please. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe.